to Vernon North. School's back in session, so get your learn on. Caroline is full of fungal facts. Mm -hmm. Dan has plans to fill your crack. Wait, what? (laughs) All that and more, now on Vernon North. Here's your host, Caroline Halster. Hello, friends. Hello. It's me, Caroline, the host of this here pod. And today is an episode with three of us. It's me, Caroline, Randy, the voice you've already heard, and the one and only Dan the Hipster Beard. That's it. That's all you get. Dan the Hipster Beard. I'm the Hipster Beard. Question mark. Also, also has a wonderful mustache right now. He does. He's got I this handlebar you, mustache going on. Yeah. Yeah, we all have stashitude in here. <laughs> I'm kind of a vain about my mustache. I gotta be honest. How does your fiance feel about your big ass mustache? Uh, she's okay with it as she's long a- as I as long as I maintain it. I I tell Jesse, my hubby, I'm like, if that sh- getting in my mouth or my nose when I try to smooch you, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten into like hair care products now. Oh, you got I some never, beard oil? I used to, oh, that's the least of it. I mean, I used to be one of these guys that like never, like I knew how to use shampoo and that's it. That's yeah. where my hair care ends, right? Right. And now I've got like beard balms. I have beard oil. I have mustache wax. I have multiple mustache waxes because they have different amounts of hold. I have like a styling balm. I have all kinds of crap in my beard. <laughs> it's become like a hobby. It's probably unhealthy. I like how you put Next that. time I'll be clean shaven. <laughs> don't even do it. No way. You've kidding. invested now. I can't even imagine you with a, like, a face. I don't think I've ever seen you without facial hair. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's kind of He just kind of looks like a Chucky doll, basically. A Chucky doll? Yeah. I, might. I, I expected like a butt chin. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yet. Not to my knowledge. I haven't seen my chin in a long time. I might. I might have a butt chin. You might have a case for chinderwear. <laughs> chinderwear. Anyway, enough about my butt chin. Enough about your butt chin. Let's do a couple of questions. So we got a couple of <laughs> questions coming. I just coming. want to apologize to all of our listeners who have butt chins. You are not alone. <laughs> we- Dan might not be with you, but you're not I'm, alone. I may or may not be with you. We're all chinclusive. <laughs> Uh, eh? Uh, they just give me a look, you guys. They can't handle me. Okay. Can't handle it. <laughs> okay, let's do a couple of questions. These questions are from Sawyer. Uh, we're just going to do two questions. He sent some good ones, but I want to save some for October when we do another spooky episode. So, question number one for the day. Does dragon fruit live up to the hype, and is it worth the time it takes to grow indoors? I can answer this one in one question, in one word. Okay. One question. How do you answer a question with a question? <laughs> I Why? Answer, I can answer both of those questions with one word. No. <laughs> the answer is no. No. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It does not live up to the hype. I think people like to eat dragon fruit because it's like really exotic. It's really it looks, pretty on the outside. It's super cool on the outside, especially when people like cut it in half so mm-hmm. you can see the inside the flesh of the inside's like white and it's like speckly black yeah and the outside looks really cool and whatever it doesn't taste like anything <laughs> it just tastes like you're eating mush <laughs> or like a <laughs> watermelon like it's not it's not a good fruit banana is a way better fruit <laughs> than dragon fruit we're used to bananas so they're not exotic but like bananas way better strawberries blueberries any of these commonplace fruits are worth way the effort. Better. Way better than a 
than dragon fruit. If you want to get weird, go get a plantain. <laughs> hey, there you go. Get your kicks um, off a of plantain. <laughs> All right. I, I like that answer. Okay. That's my like old man rant about fruits. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, well, okay. Question number two. What plants grow well when watered with the blood of your enemies? Mm. Uh, time for me to rant. Here's the answer, friends. There is no appropriate body fluid that you should be applying to your house plants. <laughs> you should not... <laughs> You should not be spitting oh into your plants. You should not be bleeding into plants. You like urinating into your plants. No, no, not not. Keep d- it to yourself. Is, I'm more specifically talking about house plants. Like, yeah, if you're outside and you're you're an outside wizard, go for it. Whatever, but <laughs> like don't don't do it on your edibles. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Don't do that. Or if you do, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm never eating at your house again. <laughs> but there was, okay. So I was in a, this is a weird story. I was in a houseplant hobbyist group on Facebook and this chick was like, um, I put some breast milk into my houseplant and it perked right up. So is breast milk good for plants? And I was like, do not put any kind of milk into your Yeah, that's plants. not, uh, probably not a good idea. A lot of times when people get stinky ass office plants, it's because they watered with like milky Gross tea shit. with sugar yeah. and they poured it into their plants. Gross. Yeah. It, the it, little half and half things. There's a little leftover. Uh, you know how the plant. nasty milk smells when it sits out at room temperature for days on I end? I do. I do know how nasty that it is. It smells not good. It's gross. Like, I know that if you are a, a breastfeeding person, excellent. There is a much better place for that milk to go than in... Into a baby. Into... <laughs> you're correct. That is... That's a great place for it. Uh, but I'm just saying you, you probably should not put it into a house plant. It's a bad call. <laughs> Yeah, plants didn't evolve to absorb nutrients from breast milk. True. True facts. Yeah. Mammals did. And mammals only mammals. Did. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. <laughs> not the plants. So the blood of your enemies, uh, the answer is not appropriate for house plants. Not going to help you a lot. Keep it in your pants and off the plants. <laughs> what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys. Ridiculous. Got some wild questions today. We did get some wild some crazy questions. questions. <laughs> wild. Those are wild. Wow. Those are wild. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, all right. I have some I have some some learning that yeah. I did. And I'm now all I'm right. gonna learn you. Let's hear it. Okay, I'm gonna talk about powdery mildew. Mm. Bum bum ba dum. It is a bummer. But that's about as much as it is. It's yeah. just a bummer. Yeah. So powdery mildew. What is it? It is a fungus. So fungal spores that get blown into your yard or splashed up on a plant or carried by dirty little insect feet will spread milky spore to things like lilacs and phlox and roses or your squash and cucumbers. So <laughs> the thing is, though, that something, uh, uh, a powdery mildew that affects your cucumbers is not Mm -hmm. the same powdery mildew species that affects your flocks or your roses. There are different species. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it can go from you. Can, I mean, things in a in a family like cucumbers yeah. and squash are probably susceptible to the same, same. varieties gotcha. of powdery mildew. Okay. But whatever's making your peonies look crummy is not yeah. the same as what's affecting your squash. Okay, you get what I'm that saying. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So. The symptoms start as little yellow spots on the underside of leaves, and eventually the top side of the leaf looks like a powder sugar sneeze explosion all over the top. Mm, like, it just yep. looks like it got antiqued with a handful of flour. Yeah. And this can inhibit photosynthesis. It'll actually be so thick it'll block out the sun. So is this going to kill the plant? No, probably not, but... It's going to stress it out mm-hmm. and it's going to have less flowers or less fruit or <laughs> or be an ugly weak plant. So, it's not fatal, but it's a pain. Yeah. So, yeah. here's some tips. Uh <laughs> this this bores overwinter in infected plant debris. So, Take away as much infected plant debris and mm-hmm. put it in a yard waste bag and send it away. Don't compost yeah, put it. Put it in the trash. Yep. Yeah. Trash it. Toss that right shit out. Right in the trash. <laughs> Tip number two is air it out. <laughs> Crowded plants create a dense pocket of leaves that doesn't get good air circulation. So that is a perfect environment for fungus. So you got to keep them separated. Mm. Okay. Respect the spacing rules on your seed packet. (laughs) It's hard to do, but it's worth it. If you have powdery mildew, you know, kind of, it kind of depends on what time of year this is going to show up, right? Because right now it's September Mm -hmm. and I've got powdery mildew all over my zucchinis Mm -hmm. and a bunch of my cucumbers. But it's also September, like, I really only have a couple weeks of the growing season left. It's not yeah. that hot out. The season's shifting. Like, if I don't get any more zucchinis, I'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> like, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? In this case, at this time of year, for an annual vegetable plant, to me, no, it's not. Yeah. You know, I've heard that there's a really simple, like, trick to cure pottery mildew is to put, like, 50 to 100 milliliters of breast milk. Oh my god, you're the one. <laughs> Psych. No breast milk. <laughs> you got us. I was about to be so mad at you. <laughs> like, what kind of woo are you pitching on this science based podcast? One here? cheap trick. <laughs> no. Restaurants hate you. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, you got some powdery mildew. What are you going to do about it? Well, you can do a little trimming. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can get your shears, get your scissors, get a knife, whatever. Just, like, trim out the worst of it. Yeah, but first of all, wash your tools, because you don't want to spread whatever's on your dirty tools mm-hmm. to your already sad plants, because they're already stressed out. Yep. Okay, so wash your tools. Hack off all of the worst leaves Bag them for trash or yard waste and wash your tools again. Hmm. Then you're going to go through and prune for air circulation throughout your plants. Okay. Kind of see what you're working with there. And the reason why I think it's important to wash a few times throughout your process is because you don't want to 
transmit this the fungal spores onto healthier tissue. Right, especially if you're making a cut. Yes. Right, it can get right into that fresh open wound. Correct. Um, so then you're going to prune for air circulation. Um, you can stop fertilizing once you see powdery mildew because the young new growth that comes from being stimulated by nitrogen is like powdery mildew's favorite thing. It, it is way more susceptible to powdery mildew than older growth. And lastly, you could... Oh, that's not lastly. I was full of it. There's two lastlies. <laughs> One of them is breast milk. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, water from below. Don't get the leaves wet anymore. That's an ah, important good one. Call. That's yeah. a good Instead one. Instead of using a watering can or like a hose. I well, guess you could use a hose as long as you're putting it near the base of the plant. Yeah, well, of like the leaves it. don't drink water. They'll right. just get sick. So don't yep. get the leaves wet. It's like getting, yeah, never mind. Um, so the last thing is you could do a fungicide application. And things that are fungicides are things like neem oil. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some potassium bicarbonate-based products, and there's some sulfur or copper-based products. But that's not my style. Yeah. Because um, then you have a bunch of stuff to store. It's a little yeah. expensive in my in my world to buy a product to solve every single garden problem. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of gotta like weigh it out in my head but if you are interested in a fungicide let's say it's earlier in the summer and you're like i got a few more months to go on this like i would really like to fight this Mm -hmm. then go for it look for something uh that'll affect powdery mildew like i said neem oil or sulfur that kind of thing every time you're gonna apply a fungicide a pesticide an insecticide like any of that stuff always read the manual yeah follow the directions keep yourself safe keep your family your animals safe yeah it's not windex (laughs) windex you just kind of spray it around wipe it with a paper towel (laughs) this stuff is can be potentially very dangerous if you don't you know apply it the right way yeah or uh, you know they're gonna have directions for what time of day you apply it maybe you Mm -hmm. apply this in the middle of a bright sunny day maybe you apply this on a non-windy day right maybe you need to keep animals away from it for a couple of days maybe you need to do this you need to harvest everything and then apply it Mm -hmm. and then don't eat anything from that plant for a few days so please read the directions on how to apply it, what safety gear you should be wearing, and then read the directions on how to properly store it. Because a lot of stuff has gone bad just getting frozen and baked in my garage. Mm. So that's the other reason I'm like, you know, I don't know that I'm going to pursue this with a fungicide. makes me think about all the crap that I'm storing in my garage. Yeah? Do you have a bunch of, like, old yucky... Uh, yes. <laughs> I have a lot of old yucky in there. A lot of old breast milk in there. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I was told this would solve everything. <laughs> to be fair, everybody, if you're blessed enough to feed your kid, awesome. That is way awesome. I just don't like any body fluids in a house plant, and I also don't want things that are going to rot and be stinky in a house plant, so I do not need the, the Leche League, like putting me on a blacklist that is not the point <laughs> here friends <laughs> it's a thing oh my goodness 
<laughs> I'm glad that this episode focuses on the very so important- heavily on breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> this is why NPR will never pick us up. Yeah, no. That's okay. Too heavy on the breast milk. <laughs> it's too nutritious. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Let's move on. Follow the directions if you're going to go that direction. And good for you. Um, but here's a better idea is prevention. So think about next year. What did What happened this year? Uh, I had powdery mildew all over my cucumbers and my squash. So what can I do is look at different varieties of cucumbers and squash that are resistant to powdery mildew. Uh Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And then if you're picking out plants, pick out healthy plants that have... um, you know, like start off with a healthy looking specimen here, you know, hedge your bets and pick a good location. So like, don't plant your cucumbers in the shade. You know, they need a bunch of sun. If they're growing in the shade, they're going to be a weaker plant and weaker plants are more susceptible to disease. And then uh, respect the spacing, keep them separated and plant them far enough away from each other for really good air circulation. That helps things dry out so you don't get as many fungal issues. Hmm. Yeah, and water from below. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. I found this website uh, by Cornell as I type it in. Um, I found this website from Cornell that has a really huge list of all these different varieties of cucumbers and squash and all the different diseases that they might be affected by and which varieties are resistant. Like there were more than 50 varieties of slicing cucumbers alone. Okay. So this is like a straight up database of like resistant plants. Exactly. And you, and it's free and you just have to look it up. So that is slick. (laughs) So some of the varieties of cucumbers that are resistant to powdery mildew. Alcazar F1 hybrid. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. That's a good name. Bragger. That one is not. Don't buy Bragger. Uh, Bush champion. Sounds like a great idea, but it's not resistant to powdery mildew. So I would be better off with Cobra. That's a variety. <laughs> But there's so many different ones. So based on what what are the problems that you fight in your yard over and over, and how do you kind of head them off at the pass? Now, mm-hmm. are these plants completely powdery mildew proof? No. no. Nothing's, nothing's proof. Nothing's proof. But they are resistant, which means maybe you get several more weeks without experiencing powdery mildew. Mm-hmm. Or the powdery mildew never impedes the fruit production of a plant. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to look at. I'll post this up on the Facebook page. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and then you can go through and like, well, I'm just going to start picking the different varieties that <laughs> make my life the easiest. Yeah. And we'll see what happens next year. It's almost seed ordering time anyway, so this is a good time to do this kind of research. Hey, there you go. Yeah, so that's all I learned about powdery mildew. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a new book the other day. Oh yeah, tell me about your book. Uh, I got a, uh, I got a book about weird plants. <laughs> Dan, you're yeah. interested in weird plants. How unlike you. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's very much like me. Uh, this was a gift from a friend, um, and it's a pretty solid book. It's fascinating. It's uh, the 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 detail on the um, individual plants isn't that you know isn't it's not like a great depth of information, but mm-hmm. uh, it's got a lot of different plants in there, uh, so it kind of covers more. Uh, covers more area. What's the name of this plant book? It re- is called Weird Plants <laughs> by Chris Thoroughgood. Is it thoroughly good? So far. Okay. <laughs> Chris has done a thoroughly good job. Uh, and it's, I don't know if this is like published by or, uh, yeah, it must be published by the Q Gardens. Oh, Q Gardens. I want to yeah. go there someday. I went once. It was like dreary and rainy and... No, nothing was open. <laughs> Didn't you see some rad twisty willows? Though? I did. See, so, yeah, no, you saw the, some English like, oaks. I think they were like chestnuts. It was, some, <laughs> it was something like that. I've forgotten. It was so memorable. So specific. Yeah, Anyways. all the greenhouse. Half the greenhouses were closed and under construction. It was a great ah. time. Anyway, uh, this book is super cool, and I found a couple of interesting plants that I would like to share with you all. Lay it on me. Okay, the first one I want to talk about are bee orchids. Bee orchids. Bee orchids. Borchids. If you will. Borchids. <laughs> Bee orchids. Bee orchids. Uh, so these are orchids that, um, so orchids are like a really huge family, right? Yeah. There's all kinds of different sorts of orchids. They have different shapes and uh, colors and things. So this is a genus of orchids that resemble bees. The flowers look like a bee. What? Yeah, they're really trippy. So they look like the um, the like a female bee of a particular species. So like each species of this genus is mimicking a different species of bee. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so they look like female bees, and they produce like a, a compound that's very similar to the female bee pheromone. <laughs> so these orchids are attracting like these horny little male bees. That are thinking they're gonna get some. So these these bee orchids yeah. have like a scratch and sniff mm-hmm. bee blow up doll. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, thirsty a, bees. Uh, Come here, thirsty bees. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bee version of a blow up sex doll. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but full transcript uh, of this episode will be available online. <laughs> yeah. This is a dirty episode. You guys uh, need to write a book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one would read it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so so here's the thing. So these female bee look-alike flowers attract the male bees. They try to mate with the flower. Doesn't really go well for them. Goes great for the flowers. Mm-hmm. Because the flowers have covered these bees with pollen. And then they're going to go and try to mate with another flower. But because each species is specific to a particular species of bee, they don't have an issue with, like, cross-pollination between other species because they're all, like, doing their own thing. Isn't that brilliant? That's crazy. It's almost like they planned it. Anyway, so that was one that was super cool that I wanted to uh, wanted to share briefly. I like the Bjorkids. <laughs> Bjorkids. <laughs> the other two, so I have two more to talk about, and they're from the same like family or whatever. And these are the Mediterranean Arums. Arums. 
I honestly don't know how to to pronounce it. I just read it in the book. You look at me like I know. Yeah, don't you know? (laughs) A-R-U-M. Aram. Aram. I'm going to say Aram. Yeah, just say it with more confidence. Definitely the Mediterranean Aram. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So the first one is called the Dung Fly Jail. Donna Fly Jail? Dung. Dung. Fly. Yeah. Dung fly. Jail. Jail. Locked. Locked. So it's called it up. the White House. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these things are super interesting. So after the heavy, like, autumn rains in the Medi- like central Mediterranean islands, these guys will come up from the forest floor mm-hmm. and they are about 10 inches high. They are brownish purple. And they smell strongly of horse dung. <laughs> they are, if you're familiar with like the corpse flower, mm-hmm. you know where they have like a big spadix in mm-hmm. the middle, and then they have a. <laughs> what is the word? Spathe? Spathe? I think it's spathe. <laughs> spathe. Uh, you can tell the I'm an expert. Frontier. You can tell I'm an expert. Anyway, uh, so they have, like, this tall, like, spadix that's in the middle, and that's the thing that's got all of the um, interesting stuff on it. The horse I'll, poo I'll smell. tell you in a second. So this spadix, so not only does it smell like shit, mm-hmm. but it also is warm to the touch, ah! like fresh animal feces. Ah! Can you believe it? So all these like flies will flock to this thing and they'll start crawling around on it. And on the spadix are like these little hairs, like these pointy spines that point down. Mm-hmm. So they can't like crawl back out and oh. they can't fly back out because they can't like get a running go or whatever. So they just chill there. And overnight they get like showered with pollen inside of this. It's it's almost like... um like this little cocoon so they like fly into the opening and there's the spadix in there they crawl around on it they can't get back out they get covered in pollen and then the next day those little spines like wither and the flies are released and they all fly out so it's that's why it's called the dung fly jail because they get like (laughs) held overnight and then like released on bail and catch and release anyway it's it's uh yeah it's it's a it's an interesting uh Interesting thing. I thought it was that was very fascinating. So the next one. Okay. We're on to the next one now. This is the last the last uh, interesting plant that I will leave you with today. Okay, deal. Also a Mediterranean Mediterranean arum. Okay. This one's called a dead horse arum. <laughs> so it grows high up on these cliffs that overlook the Mediterranean Sea. Where horses die. Where the horses are all just croaking. Uh, but no, so there's like these seagull colonies that will live up on these cliffs. And so they're, they're thing and they're exuding bodily juices and things. Um, they're <laughs> totally normal, totally normal. Um, but so the, it apparently just reeks, right? So it reeks like dead, like rotten fish that they have like half eaten and like left on the cliff. It reeks like dead birds because some of them die up there. Mm-hmm. And it reeks like bird crap. Perfect place for a dead horse plant. Dead horses love it there. Um, so, no, but it stinks. And so it attracts all these flies, right? Mm-hmm. So the flies are going to come around and they're going to see this 
quote unquote dead horse plant, it droops, right? So it's like a limp thing. It looks like a collapsed <laughs> animal carcass. What? Yeah. And so it's like laying on the rocks and it also has like a big spathe on the inside and like a, or a spadex rather. Mm-hmm. And then like the sort of covering the sort of shell around it. It looks like a burst, like a, like a, I don't know, dead animal has like burst open. It's only about 16 inches long or so, <clears throat> but it looks and smells like a dead animal. Um, but it's the same mechanism as the other one, right? So it's got these little spines that like trap the bugs in there. <laughs> these little like, you know, carcass flies or whatever. They're trapped and then they get covered in pollen overnight. And then in the morning, those spines like wither away and the flies are released to like go, you know, crawl into another animal carcass. <laughs> I don't know why they don't call that one like the second jail, dead horse jail. They're both doing the same thing. Well, maybe it makes more sense if you know what a dead horse smells like. Like maybe it's oh. maybe it's a really like oh Good that's point. like pumpkin spice latte. You know what it is. <laughs> oh, that's dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dead horse jail. And maybe it smells like a dead horse because the rocks already smell like bird shit. Yeah. So you it. have to smell slightly different in order to be more attractive, but you are gaming the system because the rancid smell of half-digested fish all over is yeah. going to attract some flies. And yeah, then they're like, oh, wait, what is this? Is that a dead horse I smell? Oh, I haven't had one it's of those in years. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it's like when my dad sees a golden corral. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a royal fork girl myself. Fair. If you're if you're into buffets in the Midwest, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's analogous. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. That's all I got. That, Those are my plants. My I, interesting plants. I like learning about these weird plants. Aren't they interesting? Yeah. Fascinating. Like, like I like learning about your tree of the day. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to pick another tree. I like that too, but I also too. like weird plants. So if you liked weird plants or you liked the trees, yell at Dan (laughs) on our Facebook page and let us know what was more fun to talk about. And we're always open for more Q&A. You can email us and I'll let Randy tell you all about it. Randy, roll the credits. Hold on. Before Randy rolls the credits, Randy, I just want to say. Randy, stop. Stop what you're doing. Just to be clear, we are all on board with breast milk here. <laughs> <laughs> we are all fans, just not in the plants. <laughs> just don't want to leave any confusion there. Exactly. I can't with you, boys. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find us online at advertentnorth.net. Find us on Twitter at Verdant North. And like us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. You can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. Listen to Verdant North on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Please like, rate, comment, and share the podcast. We don't pay for advertising, and we don't have any networks backing us for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the but milk lobby is very upset with us we know we have listeners out there so share with your friends the things you, you like hey you want to have fun with plants and talk about breast milk this is the place to be <laughs> if you would like to contribute to verdant north you can donate to us at 
co-fi.com backslash verdant north is this our worst episode this ever is get us or our that. best episode yeah. ever tell uh, us on a, honestly I, I don't know where it's at it's it's gonna be a number it's gonna minds. be a big one uh yeah uh, again, donate to us at Kofi.com backslash Burden North. That's KO-FI.com backslash Burden North. And we recently, uh, since our, we last recorded, we did have a donation from Justin, who might regret it. hey Thank you, uh, Justin. He wrote to us. Uh, you can see it on the Kofi website. Thanks for doing this podcast. I love that you guys are just putting being yourselves and not putting on airs. Hopefully, this will be enough to buy each of you a cup of coffee. Well, guess what? There's definitely room for creamer. <laughs> Thank you very much, Justin. Also, Thank you. Justin has uh, a page on Facebook called Pollenography, which is all about taking pictures of pollinators. So oh, if, cool. if you like, you can follow and also submit your pictures of all the little cool pollinator guys. Awesome. There's a plug. That, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you can contact Caroline with any questions through Advert at North on Twitter or through our Facebook page. You can uh, try to chat with Dan Hudson on Twitter about what other body foods he might like- go into plants if he figures them out <laughs> at Advert at Dan. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter at Marlin underscore Rando. Uh, special thanks always to Brietta Sed and Dewey Vu for their help with graphic design. Extra big, big thanks to Corey Hartoon for being our webmaster. Happy birthday, Corey. You're welcome, Corey. <laughs> uh, an extra big thank you to Minneapolis band Prozac Rat and for letting us use their music from their Volcanus project. As always, thanks for listening, and always remember... It's okay it's all right to kill, to kill plants. plants. <laughs> <laughs>